Welcome to the Legendarium. We are, well, some of us are excited to be here today. Um, Ken, are you excited to be here today? I'm excited to see Stephanie here today. <laughs> Stephanie, are you excited to be here today? Yay! <laughs> She's canning that, folks. She's going to use that for the rest of this series. We are the Blue Team, and we are going to be discussing the uh, the next book in the Expanse series, Tiamat's Wrath, yep. first half. My goodness, I'm excited. But, but Stephanie, are you excited to see us? Of course. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Does that count? Yes. Yay. I'm excited to be here. There Yay. we go. There we go. There we go. Stephanie, thank you for <laughs> I feel like I feel like one of these days Stephanie's going to turn around and she's going to say, "You remember all of those books from the Expanse? You owe me." I'm afraid that's going to come around. Todd already days. said I could pick the next book series that we're going to read, so um Oh, she and Megan already have <laughs> And I will gladly. I will <laughs> gladly do it. She and Megan already have me uh paying my penance, my penance. So, <laughs> I've heard and I fully expect that I will be doing something similar and I'm looking forward to it and I will enjoy it. I, I will it. say, uh, spoiler, minor spoiler alert for those who are interested. I'm not hating this series they're having me reading. They're having me read. But that's not this series that we're reading. No, this no, series I this really series. enjoy. Okay, good. Well, uh, as far as housekeeping, our regular stuff, engage with, engage with us on, on uh, Discord, the kindest place on the internet. Uh, check us out on Patreon, check us out on the web, check us out on YouTube. If you're listening to us, if you're watching us, then check us out on uh, your favorite podcast and carry us with with you everywhere you go because we bring delight and joy, or at least Stephanie does. Aw, thank you. You she are does. welcome. I'm trying joy. to do everything I can to make you happy to be here because I know. I haven't even gotten anything of out of it. You like think that like I would have gotten a drink or something like someone would have brought me something knowing that i don't want to do this pod well not that but i don't want to do the podcast but would you, you know like what next drink? time next time we'll we'll arrange to have like i am going you. to end up with like the biggest steak dinner by the end of this book series <laughs> just because i suffered through it all ground chuck uh ground chuck steak you betcha uh we'll bring you one from what well, looks like you like wendy's so we'll bring you a, a, a wendy's pub burger on it's, pretzel bun it's gonna be grade r beef <laughs> yeah, that was you, never beef. <laughs> we'll bring you Carl's Jr. There you go. Beef, okay, beef with a question mark. So beef now everybody's saying, beef. "Will you please shut up about food and get into the book?" <laughs> um, so we are books. Uh, this is book eight. eight. Yeah, book eight. We're not going to say out of how many. <laughs> book eight. Uh, we have we have been exploring the expanse now for quite some time. It's, we're we're at that thirty year point. They've what what happened in the last book? What do we remember, Ken? In the last, Ken doesn't book, have a, a summary for us. Well, I, I kind of do. I just I didn't write it down. So. Ken doesn't have a summary for us. He has Ken's musings, which may be more fun than Ken's summary. I'm, I don't know. I mean, you can. I, although the the first line of my summary was also, or my recap was also going to be the first line of the book. Christian Arvasarla is dead. Oh. Pour one out. Pour a bulb out for Christian Arvasarla. <laughs> I had to get it out of the way quickly so you know we can get Todd. You know the queen is dead. Long yeah. live the king. Who's the king? I... We'll get there. Oh, we we all know, but she's dead just in time, or uh, just in time to try to stop a madman from antagonizing the monsters at the end of the universe. <laughs> 
great because here we are four years after the last book where the Laconians come back, High Admiral Duarte and his band of Martian separatists come back and they have leveled up is what we called it. <laughs> they are now massively OP oh, nice. as the gamers say. Yeah. And uh, they're running roughshod and taking uh, asserting dominance. And so four years later, here we are. They have um, successfully exerted dominance. And now everything, all, all of us, all the galaxy is Laconia. Yes. So, and all uh, hail Laconia. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jim, Jim Holden has been a prisoner for the last four years since we saw him get captured on the on Medina station. And we've got our group of Rosinantes out there trying to trying to uh, organize a resistance or trying to keep a resistance going and amos has disappeared and amos has disappeared amos has disappeared yep and uh, the rosinante is in mothballs on freehold and here we are now duarte is trying to poke the bear as it were oh. to see just how much they can negotiate because he's all about the he's all about the uh, kobayashi maru unwinnable situation uh prisoners what's what's the what's the, the prisoner's, prisoners dilemma. dilemma game called yeah yeah and uh, to see if he can negotiate with the monsters that keep eating ships and stuff and that goes predictably well yeah so thank you ahab for deciding that he's going to chase his white whale which is beating the people who beat the gate builders come yeah. on yeah so here we are he's got a daughter who hates him. He's got a scientist who we, we predicted. I mean, it wasn't much of a prediction, really, that would come back and be integral into the story. Uh, and so here she is, the uh, the proto-molecule scientist expert who is going out there telling people what a colossally bad idea it is to poke the bear. And they're not listening to her. We've got um, the the biggest backup computer in the universe sitting in one of the, uh, one of the uh, new 1300 <laughs> systems. And we've got... Angry monster, proto-monsters, what are, what, are we, what do we call them? I don't remember. Uh, proto-molecule killers. Pro, proto-molecule killers. We got them. The PMKs. Yeah. We got them eating ships, <laughs> including the Tempest, or the, I'm sorry, the Typhoon, one of the yes. three big Magnetar class battleships, and pour another bulb out, Medina Station. Yeah. Oh, how about With that? How many people? So many. so many people, including Saba and a huge chunk of the resistance. So now here we are. Oh, and we've got a catatonic uh, Admiral Duarte because he's all protomoleculed. So when the big monsters at the end of the universe go out and shoot protomolecule, they also short circuit our uh, crazy man who is in charge. And so now we've got what rule by committee. Mm -hmm. trying to dave the situation and pretend that the president isn't actually dead <laughs> right dave the situation yeah, nice that, reference that that takes you back that's that's, that's a reference that's a for long some of call us old back. people yeah. do you remember dave yes i've seen dave okay just checking it was at like a teenager <laughs> thing right i don't know when she I was probably that. like five at the time but i have seen it <laughs> good just because movies came out before i was born doesn't mean i don't see them <laughs> nice <laughs> love it all right so the resistance has antimatter stolen from a laconian uh, a Laconian uh, supply ship that Bobby has decided she's going to use to destroy the Tempest, which is holding its thumb down on the entirety of Soul System. The Typhoon is now gone, and they've got one more Magnetar class ship called the Whirlwind. I think it's the Whirlwind at Laconia. So one's gone, 
Bobby's going to take another one out. And all of a sudden, that tenuous control and stability of the universe is gone. And the ring gate is fair game. Like, let's see who can come and go. It's going to be wild in the second half of this book. You know, there's there's one thing that you didn't mention that I think is is worth mentioning as part of this. Okay. Naomi is on Oberon. Oh yeah, and she no. is Naomi separated to Oberon. She is separated from everybody and cannot communicate to anyone. <laughs> the sole voice of reason in the resistance and she's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so we've put our heroes in I it feels like one of those uh if it, it, it feels like one of those old Batman uh, television shows. When last we left our heroes, I mean, they're in the worst possible predicament they can they can be in. Right. And I'm watching. I'm 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 not watching. I'm listening, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a little too excited. Yeah. Yeah. Take, yeah. Take a crazy chaotic situation and throw in more chaos. Oops. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. So, um, on a scale of uh, on a scale of one to four. Uh, as far as excitement, I think I'm excited enough for both of us, Stephanie. Does that's, that help? That's good. Is that is that okay? That's good. Because I don't think you're excited enough for both of us. I had a hard time getting through this book. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm and not surprised. Surprise, surprise. How many minutes are we in? Uh, 10 minutes. Okay. So I'm going to talk 10 now. Minutes. Hey, it's been 10 minutes. And how many words have I said? Like five. Okay. I'm going to talk now and Sorry, tell you what my, I thought about the book. My unscripted recaps are not a big hit, so... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, Stephanie. so for other other reasons of my feelings towards the series as a whole, this book in particular is probably been the hardest for me to read. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this book is that slow book that all long series have where all mm -hmm. it is is setting up for whatever big thing is going to happen in the next book. And that's kind of where I'm at with this one. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, no one's doing anything like things are happening, but I don't feel like anything's really getting done. And because it's all it's all just set up for whatever, whatever the big thing that's coming next mm -hmm. is going to be. So I just there's a lot of things I'm like, I can't tell you like I don't remember much about what happened because I don't feel like a lot did happen. I mean, a lot happened. But at the same time, I was kind of like, OK, yep. Naomi's still in the same spot. Bobby and Alex are still in the same spot. Jim's still in the same spot. Like nothing's <laughs> grown. Nothing's moved forward. If that makes sense. Like everything happened in like the, cause we read up through the interlude right after chapter right. 24. And I feel like everything started happening like around chapter 22. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, well now finally, that is true. That like does, the movement is starting to happen where you finally start seeing like, okay, this is the, the ending of where everyone needs to be in there. So just before that, I'm like, yeah, this, this is slow. It was just slow paced. It was really slow paced for me. I can see that. Not I to mention the fact that we have, we spent a lot of time with new characters or, or with characters we haven't seen in a long time. We, we didn't get any gym except in Teresa. Well, and uh, Teresa, because uh, uh, he only had the two, he had the prelude or whatever, yeah. and then he had the mm -hmm. interlude. Yeah, and he was in the prologue and yeah, the interlude. That's the word prologue. And I bet he's going to be in so, the epilogue. Yeah, and that's probably all we're going to get for Jim. And I uh, haven't looked. And anything that that Teresa comes and finds and her path crosses with him, then we'll get her. We'll get him in that. 
Otherwise, I mean, he's not a he's not a focal character in this. It's book. not his point of view. Yeah. We're not no. getting any. So of it, his point it's all of view. Bobby and Naomi, and and that's it. And Teresa and the doctor. What's her name? LV. Uh, LV. LV. Yeah. yeah, those I think are four points of view. Yeah. for this book. So, so far, there's been like Alex has been in there too, but and Bobby has. But. Yeah. Right. With uh, so Ken, what are your initial reactions? Are you feeling this that this is slow paced, or are you feeling a that lot this the same? Okay? I, I feel like it was a little bit of uh, setting chess pieces for the first half of this half, you know. Okay, and it, it really wasn't. It was it was a lot of maneuvering. It's like we got to get these people to do a couple of things so that the actual substance can happen. Yeah, meaning. Um, okay, we're, we're four years in. We've got a resistance here. So we need Bobby to lead a raid against against the Conian supply forces because that's what happens when you're in the underground. And we need to explain how Naomi is getting around. And we have to explain what Elvie's doing, you know, how, how we're seeing the rest of the universe with Elvie. I think that the, uh, the, the, the Emerald hard drive in the middle of the solar system is going to mm -hmm. be interesting uh later i'm i did have some questions i'll ask the questions later but uh <laughs> I, I wrote my questions and not a recap imagine that but, <laughs> but it did get interesting really fast when all of a sudden they decided to poke the bear and now the bear is awake now we have a nuclear star that's decided to explode and yeah it's going to wipe out everything <laughs> Okay, I want to ask a question about that, though. So how much of this is by deliberate design and how much of it is is uh, by crazy random happenstance that things were set up as counter counteractions to whatever the humans were going to do? For example, uh, this star that's barely on the edge of going supernova, yes. just just add energy and the ring gate that happens to be cleverly placed at the north pull so that the energy that's released is going to shoot through that gate and knock out two ring gates and basically all these pieces are in place are these deliberate actions by the protomolecule eaters or is this just humans stumbling into perfect situations i think lv uh i was just i was just actually reviewing this um right before we came in and lv makes a comment that um, she's talking to the admiral that's on her ship and she says, Hey, we are way out of our weight class. They, they, they built the biggest gun that can possibly be fired and, and set it up so that it had a trigger on the doorknob and we did it. Yeah. And as a result of that caused all of this chaos that, uh, the, the loss of the loss of all of the ships inside the ring space, the changing of the ring space so that now it's no longer, uh, that inky blackness, but now it's filled with kind of a grayness and, you know, hey, we've got color here, uh, but we have no ships. We have no repeaters. We have nothing that is human built, only the things that are protomolecule built. Yep. Um, and and I think her contention uh, is, I find it I find it really interesting that they keep making this reference back to Bikini Atoll and the early uh, nuclear experiments. Right. Um, because there, uh, again, uh, humankind was in a situation where they were playing with things that they didn't really understand. And we are now in our lifetimes, we are cleaning up some of the, 
some of the residual. We're continuing to clean up the residuals from that. I think that's what she's worried that we're doing it again. Yeah. Because human <laughs> beings do that. When we find, I, I'm reminded of a Doctor Who episode where he's like, <laughs> human beings, you find a place that can't exist and then you go in. And it's just like, yeah, that's kind of what we do. If we can make it into a stick, we will beat each other up with it. <laughs> I'm excited about que this book. Question number one about every new technology. <laughs> How can we weaponize it? It, it absolutely is. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing too, um, for me at least, is early on when when we're when we're watching uh lv go through and explore all these systems and i'm sitting there saying to myself she has no clue what they're really doing right now when they were saying oh turn on the turn on the uh what do they call the proto molecule person the seeker the scout the um, catalyst oh, the catalyst the catalyst, yes. the catalyst. Uh, turn on the catalyst and let's let's see if there's anything going on here and she's like, no, but we find this, we find this. And she's like, I, this, all of these things are so interesting. And when the, when the Admiral says, yeah, no, we're going to let somebody else study this. We have other business to mm -hmm. do. I'm thinking, yeah, she didn't have a clue. She doesn't have a clue. Um, well, I, and it, it always happens. I mean, inevitably it's like, here we have this golden opportunity to actually study technology far superior to our own and see if we can become better people for it. And the military arm of the dictatorial government says the authoritarian government says hit it with a no, rock. No, we're going to hit it with a rock. Yeah. yeah hit it with yeah, a rock. Pretty much. So <laughs> thank you. Galaxy quest. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Poke, stuff. It, poke it with a stick. <laughs> so, um, Stephanie, was there anything about this book that you said to yourself? I'm glad I'm reading this part. Okay, so Ken. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, I thought you would have said something about the Thomas chapters. Thomas chapters? Isn't Timothy? Timothy. Or Timothy. That's Timothy, what I was thinking. Me. I was like, I, I liked um, when Teresa actually introduced the readers to Timothy. Um, I'm going to, spoiler, I'm going to tell you who Timothy is. Timothy is Amos. Yay, yes. we found Amos. Not really a spoiler. <laughs> it is for our listeners. It is if they haven't read it already. Well, I, I guess so, yeah. But I, I, and it was one of those things that as soon as she started, as soon as she left and she walked, started walking through the woods, I'm like, ah, she's found Amos. And that made me happy because I liked Amos. And I think it's funny how much he's learned from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. unbeknownst to her like that she has spilled everything she's talked about her father and jim and what's going on and anything that's <laughs> happening in her compound and like amos knows it all <laughs> he just doesn't have a way to communicate it with anyone so i was excited to see that because i figured he was he was around somewhere even though everyone else is like we don't know what's happened to him but those are fun i like Teresa's chapters i think it's i think she is Kind of like that breath of fresh air, getting someone just younger viewpoint. She's 14, so it's a little over dramatic for a teenage girl kind of thing. But compared, yes, yeah. compared to everyone else, everyone else's points of view that are so just steeped in being stressed over what's happening in the universe that it's kind of nice just seeing this little girl that's just caught up in her own world. 
Because what else really is important? Like what else matters at 14 other than your own world and yeah. what boy kissed what girl? And It's kind of interesting to see her navigate um, the uh, controls of power too, because she's like, these jerks, I could have them kicked out of the program. I could have them reassigned to something else. I could go on these things too. No. But she doesn't. But and she I doesn't. think that's yeah. the important thing is, is that even though she knows she has the power to do all of this, she doesn't. Yeah. You always get, oh, she thought this, but this is what came out of her mouth kind of thing. And I, I don't know. I've just, I think she's fun. So. Cool. We get a real interesting uh, cameo from somebody that we saw at the end of the last book. Uh, the, oh, right. Right. In the, in the middle of the science fair. Uh, or science exposition, whatever it was that they call it. Science, the science Expo. fair, whatever. It was a science fair. Um, and I'm sure that somebody was there with, you know, how much salt can you put in a cookie before it becomes a disgusting thing? Because that's <laughs> always going to show up in a science fair. However many times it's been done, it's still going to show up. Look at my baking soda volcano. And, yeah, exactly. And, and who do we see? We see the wife and daughter. Elsa Singh. <laughs> the monster. The, the little monster. Elsa the and, monster. And she is a wow. monster. <laughs> well, you know, her father was killed for the cause. So, you know, give yeah. her a break. And and she probably doesn't know that yet. Uh, I have wonder, a feeling her mom suspects. I wonder if her oh, yeah. mom, I, and I I still think her mom is going to be a connection. I That's that prediction. I'm still, I'm still I holding on to. I think they've put people in place to help the resistance yeah. down the road. Like yeah. you can see where Teresa might fall into it. You can see yeah. um, Singh's wife. You can see a lot of, I mean, even the ship that Naomi has ended up on, everyone knows she's on it now. And even like the security guy that covered for her when they did the pass through was like, oh yeah, you're, we know, we all know who you are. And we will protect you. Yeah. Well, she's not so. on a ship anymore. She's on a planet now. Now she is. Oh, that's yeah. right. Now she is right at the end. Right at the end. Well, there's so so uh, from the standpoint of moving pieces, it, it very much is a uh, it very much is a it, it's a lot like um, uh, I was I was thinking of another movie, but we won't we won't talk about that one because that one's just not one anybody cares about. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to wonder what movie is he talking about? You can put it in discord and we'll tell you if you're right. Um, th this is a lot of movement. This is a lot of prep. What do you get from what do you did you stop during and I'm I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Did you stop and think about level two and level three stuff during the middle of all of this reading? Or did you just say, oh, for crying out loud, get it, get something going here. Um, do you want to remind me what level two and level three is? <laughs> level two is where we talk about uh, some of the social ramifications we look for we look for um, civilization. How does this how how does this mirror civilization or our current civilization situation? And level three is really how does this help me be a better person, a different human being? Level two is politics, and level three is self actualization. Okay, I'll take that. That's go. a better way to say that. Thanks, Ken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's not. I had some really weird thoughts when I was reading this book, and none of them were about like the actual plot of the book. Um, 
I don't know if this is a question I should ask now or if I should wait until we're done with the series. I want to hear it. Okay, I'll, right. I'll talk. We can talk about it now. Um, one thing after they really introduced Teresa, I got thinking that there in every book there is a child character of some sort. Mm. They're like you always have some, and it's not necessarily a point of view from the child, but there's always this this child character mm -hmm. um, that we get introduced to. I mean, we have Avasarla's granddaughter that we got introduced to. I mean, like um, Sing's monster was a big one. We have Naomi's son. Like there's always just been this child that something happens to clear Max back at like maiming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like clear back in like book two and or, like, I've, I'm curious what it is about like when the authors have been writing these books, what has driven them to include? Because when you think about it, some of them really aren't that important to the, the overall storyline of the books. Yeah. But they obviously, like they're always there. Yeah. That, 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 good point. Good point. I don't know. Um, maybe we should look that up between now and the, now and the next time we do one of these maybe they just like having children as set pieces i don't know, I don't know but it was just one of those things that i was like oh i'm kind of curious as to what the the author's concept of this was or if they just yeah. it just kind of happenstance like this is what drives it forward whether it's i don't know like these are children are our future <laughs> I don't know, but teach like, them well and let them yeah. lead the way. <laughs> Avasarla would Avasarla's granddaughter would probably say, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> what do you think, Kim? What are some of the some of the? Uh, did you have any of the level two, level three, or any kind of bizarre off-topic thoughts along? I feel like there are pieces set up. I mean, particularly with Oberon, which is, for all intents and purposes, is the second most successful non soul system uh, encampment because I mean, Oberon like Laconia has been set up nicely to sustain life or to sustain a hybrid of earth native life, you know? And so Oberon has several settlements, has a thriving uh, civilization. I don't, I'm interested to see how that plays mm -hmm. with, um, with everything later if they become important if they become like an, an ally to laconia I, I have a feeling that ultimately this is going to boil down to a humans versus monster type thing where the laconians instead of battling the rest of the solar system for for uh supremacy or or for um legitimacy of their rule is going to become all of the humans against this space eating monster yeah and uh, I have questions as to what role Duarte will play in that, but I don't want to ask him yet. Let's hold on to him. I know for uh, part of the reason that I'm asking the question is because I did, I did spend a, uh, a little bit of time reflecting on the, I mean, obviously I'm kind of that, that's kind of one of my things, right? Yeah. Um, on, on a, from a level two perspective, I've been, and, and they spoon feed it. And so in some ways they're beating us over the head with it, but uh, the issues of, uh, and they they also made the authors also made mention of it in uh, Holden's interlude chapter. Uh, the idea of um, civilizations that are meant to reign for thousands of years. Uh, no. He says that's the problem with these thousand year Reichs. They go out in a blink of an eye. Um, 
this one, Laconia, feels very much like Rome. It feels very much like, you know, a, a advanced civilization, uh, lots of things put in place. They're trying to make sure that that when people are brought in, you're being brought in to enjoy the fruits of being Roman citizens, right? <laughs> and of course, we all know the Goths and the Visigoths and, and the Britons, everyone fought against it because if you're going to conquer me and bring me in, it's totally different than inviting me to be in. And so I found myself wondering uh, as I was reading this, how many, how many uh, empires uh, have followed the same kind of process? Um, I, I don't want to suggest any immediate political connections to our current society. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, you know, there's, there's some lessons to be learned and they're giving us a chance to learn these lessons again. On a, on a level three piece, um, I was very touched by um, some of the reflections between Naomi and Jim when they're apart from each other. Um, there was, there, I will not, I am not going to cry. They weren't that powerful, okay. maybe. Um, All right, yeah, okay. But, <laughs> but the, the moment when Naomi gets on the, she, you know, she's in her, she's in the shell game. And as long as she's in the shell game and she focuses on her activity, she's okay. And as soon as she lets herself get away from her routine, she struggles. And I'm like, okay, I, I get that. I think everybody gets that. I think oh, yeah. all of us have been in places where that's a big deal. But she doesn't necessarily talk very much about, uh, you know, she says she misses Jim, but she focuses on the work. She focuses on the work. But then the, the part where she says, where they were talking about the repurposed shuttle, the tea kettle that she would take down to the planet. And she says, oh, it's been, it would be the kind of thing that a, that a miner would use to check out a claim or a couple would take on an adventurous vacation. <laughs> and they had been talking about taking their vacation, taking their retirement. And I just, I, f I felt this, as I'm, list as I'm listening to it, I felt this weight of how much has been lost, how much they had missed from each other because they were not able to finish those, those plans. They were separated. Might as well have been, might as well have been, you know, surviving widower, widower, um, because they were both so cleanly separated from each other. And yeah. Jim, the same thing. Oh, Naomi would love the, you know, all of this. Oh, but I have to remember this is a prison and Naomi would hate this if it's a, if she were here because it's a prison and it's, it would be tolerable with Naomi when Naomi was offered the opportunity, Hey, you can go and live with Jim for the rest of your lives. Yeah, but it would be a prison. This, this, this fighting of, I want to be with my, I want to be with the person that means the most to me, but I can't, um, was very powerful for me. And so I was, when I, as I was reading that, um, I found myself thinking about, uh, opportunities that are that are missed because we're so busy doing other things um i'm not going to say that it made me turn around and start being kinder and gentler with my family <laughs> i think i do a pretty good job of that anyway but it made me much more thoughtful about it okay so okay. yeah even well, in i liked the moment that um, she gets the um video from jim that, oh, yeah. Yeah. that is sitting there it's 
like specifically sent to the people in the Rossi because that's like only they would know how to uh, access these these video feeds. But there is a moment and she's as she's watching Jim and everything he's saying to her that she says that there's one thing that no matter how many people watch this and go through this and try and decipher if he's leaking any information or trying to whatever with um, the stuff Jim's putting out, that they have their own language, that they have been together that long where they don't need words or they don't need, like he can say something random in a certain tone and she can read between the lines. And so, I mean, when you realize how long they've actually been together, it's, it's kind of, it is sweet scene. And I think that's probably the one thing about this book that I've missed the most. And into the last book, um, is the connection between the crew. Yeah. It's yeah. it's lacking obviously greatly even um with Alex and Bobby who are together. Their relationship is obviously strained. Very different now that she's captain and he's pilot. Well, and he he's always Alex has been fantastic cuz he's always understood his place in his family group. He knows he's yeah. the pilot. He's never wanted the leadership role, he's never wanted to be the one in command and charge of everything. And he respects Bobby in that in that way and he's happy for her and everything. And I think that she's the better choice. Yes. But I think at the same time, Alex is so used to having his family around to balance the strong personalities yeah. that make up his family. That you know that like at the very end, Bobby has found these antimatter bomb things and she's ready to use them. And Alex says, okay, if that's how you feel, great. But yeah. <laughs> talk to Naomi let's, first. Let's yeah. run this past Naomi first. And, if, and so I don't know how I would feel as Bobby going, well, why do I have to ask her for permission? And then it's okay with you because I asked her for permission. Like, yeah. But I think if they were on the Rossi, if this was their family dynamic, they would have talked about it anyway yeah. and battled it through and figured it out. But they all would have done it together where now they've spent so many years apart that they're, I don't know if I want to say that they're finding their place like on their own because yeah. I don't necessarily see that either. But I don't know. It's just, I miss, I miss that family dynamic. I miss the relationships there and. Well, the, the, interest, the interesting thing, when we left the last book, Naomi and Alex were on the planet. We yeah. pick up on this book, nobody's on the planet. They've- Except uh, the Rossi. Except <laughs> the Rossi, which I'm sure we're going back for. Because, um, you know, it's the series. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, without, with, without them counterbalancing each other, uh, there are some there are some extremes of behavior and extremes of of action that don't quite fit very well. Because I think as a family group, like especially Bobby and Naomi, I think they balance each other really well. Because Naomi is always the one that's going to want to talk about things first. Yeah. What can we do? How can we work this through? How can we talk through the problems and our differences? Well, Bob, yeah, yeah Bobby has made it very clear that she is a fight first, ask questions later type person like ask questions maybe yeah yeah if, <laughs> if anyone's around after i'm done to ask questions of then we'll ask the questions yeah. but she, and she knows that that she's a fight first kind of person like yeah i mean we saw that when she yes beat up amos like 
that Which, she's <laughs> great callback to that by the way in, yeah in his conversations with Teresa. yes so i love that that was <laughs> he, in fact he had a couple of of good lines i don't we'll get to him in a second but i'm that so i think it's just i don't even know where i was going anymore now what i was talking about family but anyway it's about family it is it's about family anyway so bobby and naomi i think they balance out to each other and now that they haven't been next like with each other that they can converse in real time because we know that conversations can be hours if not longer months um yeah in between when something gets first told to when whoever is supposed to hear it hears it and so it's i don't know that's I'm struggling with that. Especially because we had that moment earlier where they uh, where they met for dinner and they did have a little bit of an interaction between the two of them. And it was obvious and or Alex comes in and looks at him and is like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> mom and dad, mom and mom have been fighting again, <laughs> you know. Um, and and he's, he's, he's real good as long as everybody's together because he can kind of move people in the right spot so that they do it, that they do what needs to be done mm-hmm. to keep everybody on even keel. Um, it's, it's, it's levels of difficulty different now. Well, and Bobby's been given kind of the, the bad hand in all of this. Like she was originally given the Rossi and she was going to captain the Rossi. And then that kind of got pulled out from under her and like, then she was like, okay, well, let's do this with the rebellion. And then Jim shows up and like, she's constantly being handed things and then being like, okay, just kidding. Um, someone else is going to take charge. And I kind of feel like that's her back. Like her issues with Alex mm-hmm. are still her trying to be like, no, I'm, I'm captain now. I'm in charge. I'm yeah. in charge. This is going to be my way kind of thing. And trying to assert her dominance over the situation. Yeah. Where Alex is still trying to be like, but we're a family and we need to talk about this as a family. And so anyway, kind of let's famous. Hope, <laughs> let's, let, let's hope that uh, that Bobby doesn't decide she has to have a fight with Alex because Alex, Alex is not going to survive yeah, the same way Alex won't win anyway. I feel like it, it's become pretty clear that she's in charge now, though, with with all the plans that have been made and and everything and how she's taking control of things there's a changing of the guard going yeah. on um and that's and that's hard yeah. when the old guard has got to be trans, transitioned out and and Alex I think is aware that he is in a place that he needs to be transitioned out but he can't let go they've talked a lot about that um Alex and Bobby especially in Alex's chapters where yeah. he's yeah. like what are what are we fighting for there's been a lot of conversations and it got me thinking listening to some of their conversations going is the dictator really all that bad like what (laughs) (laughs) what about these people that maybe don't want to be saved or don't want like the rebellion to win kind of thing it's always the way it goes but um so just listen because that's alex's point is that we're like we're getting old we have this fight because we've been there. These this new generation, these up and coming kids didn't fight the same fight we did and they don't understand. And who's going to take over the rebellion when we're done? Because yeah. they don't have the same passion and drive that we do yeah. to fight this fight. And I I think that's that was a good point that Alex made is he's like, well, what does winning look like? Yeah. Yeah. What What's the end goal? And Bobby's just like, we just fight until we die. And I'm like, 
Oh. <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> sounds, sounds a little familiar right Sounds now, like a but, warrior. Uh, well, here was one of the questions I wrote down uh, since we're talking about that a little bit is when does the princess of Freehold inevitably hostily try to take over the gathering storm? Because it feels like that's coming. I I feel like she's a mutiny looking for a, a ship to happen on to me. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it happens or not. I just saying that if it were to happen, she feels like she would be the leader of it. Yeah. And I think, but I think also that that's another place where, uh, it's it's who's who's gonna is bobby gonna wipe the floor with her or are they gonna wipe the floor with each other yeah you know bobby bobby kind of mentions well she's pretty tough she could actually she actually might step into these shoes yeah. in a little while but not today and i wonder if that's gonna happen well i it's uh all of this leads to something that that i i i have i don't know about but i got the feeling of when we had the naomi and Alex and Bobby dinner um, and they were separating. It felt very much like a, this is the last time these three are seeing each other. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. And that worries me just a bit. And then with, with uh freehold lady, what's her name? I'm just going to keep calling her the princess of freehold. I don't remember. Her name. <laughs> That's but uh, with we'll all her, remember it when we turn off the recording. Yeah, I know uh, the way that, that she's just champing for a fight. You know, I, I feel like I don't, I'm, and maybe that doesn't go sideways. You know, maybe she just uses her ready for a fight attitude to, to contribute to something. Cause I mean, fights coming, they're going for the tempest with the antimatter bombs. So, yeah. well, and she's, and Bobby is not going to be able to talk to Naomi about it because yeah. gay travel and gay communication is gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right so now. that, so that's happening basically. I mean, there's no talking to Naomi before we go fighting we're just going to go fight. We're just going to go fight. That's yeah. happening now. Well, and I think the other thing that's the the other the other piece that I have a question about and I I guess I didn't catch this um until the second time reading uh, second time listening through the interlude. Uh uh what's the doctor's name? Uh Cortasar. Cortasar. Um Cortasar. Cortas something so, like that. It's like that. Yeah, no. something like that. Cortas I think it is. Um where where Holden says uh, Cortasa's plan to vivisect Duarte's daughter. Yeah. Our move. I was like, yeah, he's just, itching, he's just itching to cut her to pieces. Isn't he? He's, yeah. He's, and I feel, I have the feeling like he's going to be the, the mad scientist. Yeah, he's going he to be the bad guy. In this. He is the mad scientist, but it made me start wondering. We've never seen Teresa's mother. Right. Cause she died when she was a baby or whatever. That's what we're being told. Okay. I'm that's what Teresa has been told. And that's the only point of view we get. I'm wondering, mm. I'm wondering if there's some kind of immaculate creation within the proto molecule pens. <laughs> um, okay. I know that sounds just horrible, but I'm, I'm, I wonder if that's why he's so curious and why he wants to do this vivisection is because there's something different about her that is that, that, that we, and maybe I'm wrong. Well, Not going to be the first time I'm around. There's an entire, con like Jim mentions about that, that eerie smile that the doctor has, that he seems that after Duarte ended up in his comatose yeah, his position, catatonic yeah, state, whatever yeah. happened to him, that the doctor seems pretty pleased about it. Like, oh, yeah that's that creepy kind of pleased about yeah. it not like, this is exciting to see 
what kind of reaction he's having and what it means. Also, I think he's he's excited about the fact that that the um, safeguards are taken off and he can do whatever he wants now. Yeah, right? he doesn't have to run anything past Duarte. Well, and he's claimed he's like, well, I don't know. I've only had one test subject to run things on, so yeah. I don't know what's going on. If you let me run more tests, and you're like, no, let's let's not let him do that. I know. <laughs> but no one's who's going to stop him now. Yeah, like, he's no, going to be the Doctor Frankenstein and all yeah. of this. And yes, I think he's looking forward to getting Teresa under the knife and seeing what he can inject her with and such. Until Jim rescues you, rescues until her. Jim rescues oh, her yeah. with well. Timothy. Oh, 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 oh! That reminds me. Did you catch this in the, her conversations with Amos, where she's like, uh, "What does he say? You got to have security." Uh, why everything's safe? I don't know. Somebody could try to sneak a, a thermonuclear bomb in your city. <laughs> oh, really, Amos? Could somebody try to do that? Could that they? was funny. That was, you know, just throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. You know, and it it felt very much like a like a well, peaches. You never know. <laughs> I think that's one thing that might I might have really liked about all of this is that Amos seems to have found a a hole filler for his heart with yeah. Teresa yeah. where she's his new Clarissa, Jiminy cricket. Yeah. That Clarissa, Clarissa left that I think he's, it's, it's good for him to have someone innocent to, to keep an yeah. eye on him. Maybe we find out the, maybe we find out that the reason that that mission hasn't gone off is partly because he met Teresa. Maybe. And he's trying to figure out how to make that work. The other thing that caught me in their conversations is he kept talking about how she would mention something frustrating about Jim and he'd say, oh, he's your father's killed way more people than Cap. And she's like, why do you keep calling him Cap? Because he's a captain. Well, he's not your captain. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's not. All of a sudden, he's, he's hit with this realization that I'm a free agent, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but he's still cap. He's still, he's still James Holden's private killer. Yeah. He's a, yeah. That's, that's still the reality. Even if Avasaro isn't there to call it that. Mm. Uh, did you guys, I, I, I'm curious. We haven't asked this question yet. What was your reaction when Avasarla died? Was it a, was it a, well, yeah, it's about time. Or was it a, oh, I, I, no reaction. I'm pretty sure I, I don't know. Um, it was more of a, it's about time. It was more, not necessarily like that attitude, like, well, it's about time. It was more of just that. It makes sense. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. After everything that happened in the last book and how frail they kept pointing out she was. Yeah. Right. It was, it was kind of just like, oh yeah, th it makes sense. This yeah. this is how this book yeah. should have started. It yeah. wasn't, I wasn't upset about it. I wasn't really sad about it. Like. And I think I had, I think I had both reactions. My first one was, oh, then I was, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's about time. I, th so. I think I was the same. Uh, I may have, I may have shed a single tear uh, <laughs> at that moment in time, but I think it was because I was on a walk and it was cold. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but Jim's conversation with her granddaughter. Oh yeah. Was pretty interesting when she's like, Oh yeah, I've known my whole life that I never say anything that anybody really wants to hear when people are listening <laughs> and people are always listening. Um, some really interesting kind of interplay between the two of them. And I, and I found myself thinking, man, I hope they get to talk together a little bit more. <laughs> Haven't had that yet, but 
one of those know. things I'd like to I'd like to hear the two of them spar. <laughs> yeah. Um especially because all of the all of the beatdowns that he'd ever received from Avasarla, maybe to be a chance for him to provide <laughs> one of his own. Did you find it interesting or just kind of a passing thing that Kamina Drummer is in this for all of about five seconds? There at the very beginning. They he she and Jim meet at the at the uh, memorial for Avasarla and that's it. She's yeah, gone. They, and they both mentioned the fact that we're, we're the oddities. We're, yeah. they keep us around because we, they need to look good. Not that's because, good. Cause I don't even remember her being mentioned. So that's go. how I felt about that. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, again, it goes along with this idea of it's a, I, I guess on, on a lot of levels, it's a changing of the guard. Um, and they've, they need to keep her around for appearances, but it's going elsewhere. Everything's, the train's moving, but the dogs are barking. That's pretty much all there is to it. So we kind of have a feeling that we get to the second half of this book and there's going to be, do we think there's going to be some action finally? I mean, we're, we're probably going to get the attack on the other ship with the antimatter bombs. I think that we get the attack. Well, I think we get the attack on the Tempest quickly. I think that's going to happen within like the first... I, how many chapters do we have? We basically have 25 chapters left, something like that. And I bet within the first five chapters of the second part we get the attack on on the the tempest i think i think that's one of the things that sets up the rest of the action for the second half of the book and of course it's an antimatter bomb i'm just going to put out there that i don't think they're going to attack the tempest okay okay i i don't even know if i actually feel that way you think that but you think that alex is going to convince her not to attack right i now. think bobby is going to have that touch of conscience and be like i can't kill this many people for no no real reason okay See, and i'm having the feeling that once they that if they do if they do use of the antimatter antimatter bomb is going to trigger another response from the Ooh. protomolecule eaters Ooh. yeah i think i I think we're setting up a real conflict between, and I, I don't think the protomolecule eaters are still here either. I think the protomolecule eaters and the protomolecule makers are long, 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 long gone. It's like kids finding a minefield and kicking around and kicking a soccer ball around in it and saying, "Hey, we didn't know." Um, but I think that there's, I think that there's automatic responses that are going to start going off in all of these other systems that are going to play havoc with everybody around them. Oh. And I think we're not done with non-localized, non-propagating gravitational and time-space <laughs> continuum effects. So <laughs> I, I, I just love that part. Yay! Yay, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, any other predictions that we've got? I Well, here was a, was a question from Discord also, and I was wondering is... We're not through book eight yet, but do you see any of these characters that you think play a pivotal role in book nine? Teresa. I think Teresa's going to be a big one. Yeah, I think Teresa's a big one. I think Cordesar is a big one. I think he becomes, by the end of this book, I think he becomes the chief antagonist, the, the one who's really driving the let's see how much of this proto molecule we can turn ourselves into because it's the wave of the future man or whatever he his true mad scientist comes out and i think he becomes the the main antagonist of book i think nine. somewhere along the end towards the end of this book there has to be either at the end of this book or the beginning of the next book some sort of understanding with the laconians as a whole 
whether what that looks like, I really don't yeah. know. But there has to be some kind of coming together of the universe if the proto molecule killer whatever is going on is going to be like the big bad at the end of yeah because right now i think the fact that they're so disjointed with the rebellion and everything like something has to happen with the rebellion the rebellion has to win or or something has to happen if they're going to be able to defeat the doctor who i really do think is going to end up coming like he's going to have the proto molecule and he's going to be the one driving that idea But something something has to happen, whether that's at the end of this book, beginning of the next book, the rebellion has to be solved. And yeah, and in I th- my mind, I think that uh, not, uh, along with that, I think uh, Duarte is going to come out of his coma and realize that he is the only one that can stop the proto molecule eaters by sacrificing himself in some way, shape, or form. Ooh, I'm that's going. A good one. I'm going on record saying that that's, I kind of see that one coming. I had one of three I've, ways. By the way, I have been accurate in uh, one of the 762 predictions that I've ever made. So chances for this one. <laughs> you are really on a roll. You're the stati- statistically that your chances do, are, are high. Do. Actually. I, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Duarte could go one of three ways, and I'm not sure which. He can either wake up and say, I've seen the light and had a change of heart, and we need to stop this madness, and this is how we do it. Or he wakes up and says, I have seen the light, and we have to continue down this road because it's the only way that we survive. Or he doesn't wake up at all, and Cortazar figures out some way to kill him and basically takes over. I think all of those could be possible. I think it'll be fun to see which one winds up being. I think it's I think it's going to be one of those three things though. I also think that um I think that Jim not directly, you know, like literally, but basically in his figurative Jim way figures out as the ultimate boy scout and as as the galaxy's negotiator figures out a way to broker peace between the monster and humanity. And I think that he uses Miller to do it. I think Miller makes a comeback, you know, you know, the, the, the visage of Miller that somebody like the monster taking, taking the Miller um, skin suit or whatever they use. You, you know, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? You know, they, they take the, they the take hallucination the, he had when yeah. the proto molecule was yeah, like yeah, yeah, living yeah. in his head using, or whatever. Using the embodiment of Miller, they come back and he basically negotiates with Miller and, and, I, I think Miller makes a comeback. The, corners the, and doors. Yeah, man. doors and corners, man. Um, so, okay, okay. And I've got one more. I, I don't want to say it because I don't want it to be true, but I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if in this book there isn't one more significant death. I think you and I are thinking the same one. Uh, I don't want to say it, though. I don't either. I'm not going to say it. either. And I think it happens to set up another character escaping death oh yeah Uh uh-huh yeah yep you know where we're going with that right oh crap Uh, she's right ahead she's she's no i have not i have not i have i stopped at the end after i finished the interlude today and i have not listened i I haven't read anything i haven't looked up i haven't had time so well some of our 
some of our listeners probably know and they're throwing they're throwing their hands in the air saying you guys are so stupid <laughs> but there's a good chance i might go home and look it up just to find out there so. you go well there there's go. a good chance that i'm gonna go home and on the way home start reading part two because i'm i'm actually invested now I'm i like, could care less about spoilers so if i find out someone died i'd be like sweet now i'm prepared so. <laughs> there you go okay well i'm glad we have another half a book to go and a book after that Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Ken, Stephanie, always delightful to have you guys. I love you. Love Steph. working with you guys. Here.